Hey there, you're listening to the Sunshine Speechy Podcast. I'm your host, Nancy, bringing you all the information you need to know about getting into SLP graduate school and becoming a successful SLP. Join me every other Wednesday as I talk to SLP experts about current research and methods in the field, as well as undergraduate and graduate students and everyday SLPs just like you and I. If you're enjoying the podcast, please be sure to subscribe and leave a positive review to help others find my podcast. Make sure you don't miss out on additional resources and more by following me on Instagram at Sunshine Speechy. In addition, check out my YouTube channel, where I share even more advice about the graduate school application process, as well as my own experience in graduate school. Today, we're talking to a certified student loan professional all about her advice when it comes to paying off student loans on an SLP salary, how to refinance your loans, and how COVID-19 may be affecting your student loan plan. Let's get started. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Sunshine Speechy podcast. I'm your host, Nancy, and today I'm joined by a student loan planner, Megan Landris. Megan, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Yeah, thank you so much for letting me nerd out with you today. I appreciate it. (laughs) Yeah, of course. I'm jealous that you know so much about finances and everything. Like, I feel like that's one of those careers where it will help you forever in your personal life as well. Yeah, I think, um, well, I was always been kind of a finance nerd, but I, I feel like it should be taught more in, in the school system somehow. Like it, we used to have a home ec like way back when, and I don't know why we didn't incorporate like a personal finance class. Um, yeah. But student loans are piece. Don't feel like anyone should be an expert in student loans. They are complicated. So <laughs> don't feel bad about that. I feel like they do that on purpose to make them just like so confusing. Yeah, un- unfortunately, I think it's, um, you know, I think the system is a little rigged against us and that confusing factor. And, you know, just like with other federal things, like taxes, taxes are, are complicated. Yeah. They're part of the Fed yeah. system too. So, <laughs> absolutely. Um, but yeah, so just to start out, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so I am a consultant for a company called Student Loan Planner, and we specifically help folks with their student loan plan. Um, And I also have my own coaching practice where I help folks with just personal financial things, getting their financial life organized. Um, So as far as student loan stuff goes, though, I could talk for hours. Um, you'll have to maybe cut me off from nerding out too hard at some point. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> oh, all good. Everyone listening is going to be all ears for sure. <laughs> well, good. Yeah. I'm happy to be a resource and talk through, you know, some of maybe some burning questions that, that folks have and help you feel not as stressed or um, not having as much anxiety around your situation. Cause there's always, always a way to navigate your repayment plan. It's just a matter of how and having the right tools to be able to do so. So you are an expert when it comes to student loans. Um, What expert advice would you give to future SLPs who are about to take out student loans for graduate school? Yeah, so this is a good question because of course, when you're taking out student loans, you're going to have to pay them back. So that's a very important thing to think about. And when it comes to funding, 
uh, graduate school and school in general, you want to make sure you preserve as many options as possible for yourself on the repayment side of things. And so we typically recommend going the federal route first. Um, you'll be able to pull out you know, unsubsidized loans in graduate school. If you cap out at the, the max that you're able to pull out per year, um, you can then spill over into graduate loans, which are still federal loans. They're just, they may carry a slightly higher interest rate, but they help fill the gap between maybe what you've capped out at and the rest of the cost of, of your education. So that route is more flexible on the repayment side of things for a number of reasons um, versus private lending. And sometimes that's the other route people will consider and they'll go, to a private company, shop loans and shop interest rates. And what's tough about private funding is there's nothing really sexy about, about private loans. <laughs> you know, we can't, there's no forgiveness opportunity. There's no income driven options. You know, it's just, you get what you get and you're going to have to pay them off. And there's just not a lot of flexibility with that. So I think preserving that flexibility within the Fed system even if the interest rates are slightly higher as well, well worth it for sure. So that's maybe the first, first line of advice I would give <laughs> to consider. Yeah, that's good to know. Mm -hmm. So can you explain a little bit about what refinancing loans means? And then how can SLPs refinance their loans? And when should they consider that option? Yeah. So I think there's some important rules of thumb to think about uh, first before you refinance. And what refinancing means is taking your loans out of the federal system and privatizing them. The goal would to be to get a lower interest rate, to get favorable terms, but that is a, a permanent decision. So you wanna make sure that that's the right route and a way that you can know if you should keep your loans federal or not is where does your balance lie in comparison to your income? If your balance is much lower than your annual income, then refinancing could probably make sense. Um, as long as you don't need the income-driven options or as long as you're not maybe pursuing forgiveness, uh, public service loan forgiveness or, or any of those avenues. If your balance is much greater than your annual income, you may not want to consider refinancing at all you may want to leverage the federal system and go towards an income-driven plan and potentially look at, at forgiveness that route in public service or not. There's the longer-term forgiveness routes too. So that would be a good way to start to decide which direction you should go. Um, does that make sense? Like yeah. The, okay. Okay, yeah, that's good to know. That's a good rule of thumb to use that I didn't know about for sure. Mm -hmm. And I think, so we say, you know, one and a half times your income is surefire sign, don't refinance. <laughs> you know, you might need to leverage the federal system. Um, if it's, it's below that, it's closer to your income. Sometimes that's a hairy area to where you could go either way. Um, but holding on to the federal loans and the flexibilities of those could be beneficial. Um, and so maybe that's a reason to not refinance quite yet, even if that's maybe the, the longer term goal. Okay. Okay. Good to know. 
So it's no secret that SLPs aren't really like rolling in the dough. So how can we pay off our loans quickly and with as little pain as possible with the salaries that we're working with? Yeah, so that's a good question. And I think this is what typically brings on some anxiety for folks. But, um, you know, again, kind of going back to our income to debt ratio. If your income is less than your balance and probably will be for the foreseeable future, it makes a lot of sense to maybe pursue the longer term forgiveness route. Um, Now there's two routes you could go with forgiveness. One is working in public service. So if you work at like a nonprofit hospital or a public service entity or for the government in some way, um, public school teacher, you know, if you're working in in the public school system, that's a route you can go to pursue getting your loans forgiven after 10 years, which sounds like a long time, but if we break out how long or how much it would take to pay off your loans in 10 years, that could be a really attractive way to go. Um, Again, if your balance is, is probably greater than your income. And so that's one route to go towards forgiveness. Um, Another route would be the longer-term income-driven repayment plan routes. And this is where, you know, on an income-driven plan, they have a maximum repayment period of 20 or 25 years, which sounds like a very long time, I know. (laughs) But when we do the math... older than me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's a great point. (laughs) Um, But when we talk about going that route, it could make a lot of sense to keep the payment based off of income for that time frame, even if it's 20 years. Because if we do the math to figure out how much it's going to cost you to pay off the loans faster, it may prevent you from doing a lot of really important things with the rest of your finances, like uh, saving for your emergency fund, saving for retirement. I know that's hard to think about when you're just out of school (laughs) or early on in your career. But that will be the biggest bill you ever have in your life. <laughs> Believe it or not, higher a bigger bill than your student loans. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, that's actually a question that I was thinking about asking after talking to my sister. Was like, should you be like, should you consider aggressively saving for retirement over student loans, or should you be aggressively paying out, trying to pay off those student loans in order to then start saving? Mm-hmm. I think there's a happy balance that you can achieve. And what we have to keep in mind is student loans is not an asset-backed debt. And it's not going to pay you. It's not going to grow equity. You can't sell it when you pay it off. And so where I find people get themselves in trouble is they spend you know, all their hard-earned money paying this down as fast as possible. It still takes them 10 or 15 years to do so. And, you know, yes, they're debt free, but they still have a $0 net worth and they're starting from zero at that point. So it can make a lot of sense to strike a balance between the two, because if you only focus on the debt, you lose time, you lose out on compound interest, and it may not be more efficient at the end of the day, which is really interesting when we crunch the numbers for it. So that's something to keep in mind too, that, you know, the student loan debt it's not what's going to get you to financial independence. 
having an efficient plan is important, but your savings rate is really, really important. Um, and that dictates your future financial picture. Okay. Yeah, that's a good note for sure. I would love, I feel like I need a financial advisor one day down the road. <laughs> not to have any money. So, cause like, I would love to be able to like invest and not just be like saving money that just stands still, but I have no idea how to go about that. So maybe I'll reach out to you guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think, you know, and starting with just a, a, a financial plan is, it is not as overwhelming as you would think. It, it really is just, you know, and I often coach or work off of parameters. Like, you know, here's a good spending parameter to stay within. Here's a great savings parameter to stay within. And there's a priority order of what we want to focus on. So if we have our student loans on track and they're doing the right thing, we have our savings on track and it's doing the right thing, we can start to prioritize, you know, do we have our emergency fund established? Yes. Okay, great. Do we want to start investing towards our retirement? Yes. Let's go ahead and take a, take advantage of our employer benefits and start doing that. Do we want to invest more on top of that? So, I mean, starting somewhere just helps you start to, to lay the foundation and build upon that as you, you know, go through your career. And as you get older, it doesn't have to be an intimidating thing that you feel like you have to wait until you're, you know, old and mature to, to think about. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. So because of COVID-19, a lot of student loan payment plans have put on hold or like on a grace period. So what does that mean for our student loan plans? Whether my listeners are current SLPs or they have just recently taken out those student loans. So how might that affect my listeners? Yeah, so we are in a very interesting time right now. Um, So through the CARES Act, they did pause federally held student loan payments, and they dropped interest down to 0%. And, you know, this is a great example of how federal loans are more flexible, or they can benefit from things more so than private loans, because private loans did not participate in this. You know, if you have private loans right now, you still have to make payments. Um, you can maybe request like a hardship forbearance if you've lost income or anything, but generally they're not dropping interest for you. They're not giving you any favors necessarily. And so what it means for people who have student loans is, you know, you have the option to make payments now or not. And what we've been advising is don't, you know, and let me maybe explain because that sounds crazy. <laughs> but so why we say that is, you know, payments and interest, payments are paused and interest is down to 0% until after September of this year. And it could be extended. And what that means is, you know, our balance is not growing because interest is not accruing. And if we did make payments now, our payments could go a little further as long as uh, our accrued interest was paid down. Um, But I think what's more important during this time of uncertainty is making sure that we have cash sitting on the sideline in case income is impacted because it has been for so many people. And if we don't have appropriate emergency reserves or just money sitting in our savings account to live off of, and we don't have income coming in for the next couple months, 
that's going to put people in a really bad situation. And if you've been making your student loan payments and you don't have emergency savings and you lose your job next week, you can't ask for that money back. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's better to hold on to it in savings for now. And we're getting closer to September now, but, you know, hold on to it for now. And, you know, I tell people to, if your payment's 200 a month, put that 200 a month into savings. If you didn't need it at the end of this time frame before interest kicks back in, then throw it on it. Um, you'll achieve the same exact thing, but you'll hold on to it and, you know, potentially have it if you need it um, before you throw it down on, on the balance. So that's what we've been telling folks in this period of time who have loans. Okay. I mean, that's good to hear all of this. Cause I feel like a lot of my listeners, like they feel like this is like this like glooming cloud over them. And like, they need like the number one thing that they need to do is get rid of it. So this is good to hear that. Like there are a lot of things that you need to be considering um, that are sometimes more important than paying off your student loans. And like, I think it's always comforting to hear from everyone that like, yes, everyone has student loans. They're kind of just a fact of life and you'll have them for a while falling beside you on your journey. (laughs) Um, So that's good to hear that. Like, it's honestly comforting to hear that you don't think people should, that it's like, I was worried that you're going to say, sorry, I'm rambling. I was worried that you're absolutely like pay all of the money towards like your student loans right now. And I was like, oh, I can't even do that. Yeah. No, I mean, you know, I think what's interesting is I think that is the misconception with student loan debt. And I think it comes from a couple, couple places. Historically debt was very expensive. Um, you know, 20, 30 years ago, before you were born, <laughs> mortgages were like in the 10% range for interest rates. But now you can get a mortgage for like 3%, 3.5. Car loans were the same. You know, car loans were above 10%. And so debt used to be really expensive and it did make sense to pay it off faster than letting it linger around because that became more and more expensive. Student loans have kind of lingered around the same um, percentage for in- their interest rates generally. Um, and especially within the federal system, if we can go towards a forgiveness timeline or you know make an income-driven payment and it's just as efficient, let's do that. Let's not, you know, again, let's not focus on a debt that's not going to do anything for us. Um, so it's a little bit of a different conversation. Like if you wanted to pay off your mortgage faster, you know, at the end of that, you're going to have equity within it. And you'll, when you sell it, you can roll it into your next property or, you know, um, it's just, it's different. And so it's oftentimes not the approach to sacrifice everything else for your student loan debt, because it'll just make you wind up even further backwards than you should be. This is all great. Um, so do you have any other information or advice that you feel like you'd like to share or that would be helpful for my listeners? Yeah. So, um, our website is very helpful on any, any type of student loan topic that you can think of. We have blog posts for everything and, uh, we even have industry specific blog posts. Um, so you can go and look specifically, uh, for speech pathologists, you know, what, what do we typically see? Um, you know, what are things to keep in mind for, for your area of expertise? So, um, 
anything you can think of, literally. You can Google it on our website and probably find the answers pretty quickly. Um, and then there's also a cool little Excel document you can download to help show you what your repayment trajectory is going to look like. So that's sometimes fun and maybe a little more comforting for folks to just have an idea of what after school is going to look like when it comes to their repayment plan. Um, so that's, that's what I would say. I'm glad that so far, I feel like I've eased some anxiety in you in a way. Yeah. <laughs> so that's exciting. Yeah. Um, do you guys have any like Excel things for like budgeting? So we don't on SLP's website. Um, and what's funny is you, your initial is SLP and ours is too. So I was reading through like our... I know. <laughs> when I first read your like info thing, I was like, oh my gosh, like this is an SLP. Oh, yeah. Also a student loan planner. And then I like sat with it for a second and I was like, no, no, she's not, a, yeah. she's not an SLP. <laughs> no, Which, oh, no, yeah. You're probably... I've ever had who's not... SLP. Yeah. You are. Just the name of, it's the initials of our, our consulting company. But um, I do have budgeting worksheets. Uh, they're in the form of a PDF on my own website. Um, so that's financialcoachmegan.com. And my name's spelled a weird way. It's M-E-A-G-A-N. So my mom says it's the Southern way. <laughs> but um, you can find those there if you want some help with maybe a a paycheck cash flow worksheet or a monthly budget worksheet to help start getting those things together and gearing up for, you know, when, when the real income is going to start coming in and that student loan payment is going to start coming out to help you plan and prepare. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. So kind of on that note, how can my listeners reach you? Is the website just student loan planner? Or is it yep. something else? Yeah, studentloanplanner.com. Um, we have consults, one-hour consults that we we can we work with folks every day on their student loan situation. And you can schedule straight through our website. And I, I consult on Mondays and Fridays if you wanted to work with me. But we have a team of folks who would are just as nerdy as me about student loan debt. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but yeah, you can reach out to us there. We have a, question channel where you could submit general questions and uh, we have a podcast you can listen to about student loan specific stuff if you I want. didn't know that yeah <laughs> so, I should have known that <laughs> I'll send it to you right after <laughs> <laughs> yeah so we definitely can get into the weeds on our podcast about certain things so maybe peruse the topics and see what's relevant to you yeah. but, um, I mean sometimes that's good though because like it's hard when you only have like 30 minutes to talk about everything. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, I don't totally understand that. Or it's like, okay, like I get that I was supposed to do that, but then like you never explain the rest. So that's actually really awesome. Yeah. Yeah. We'll definitely get into some weird like student loan loopholes and, um, you know, efficient ways to tackle student loan debt and just how to achieve financial independence. We talk about a lot of stuff on there. So that could be helpful to to maybe gear up for maybe listen to and well, I guess we're not driving much anywhere now, but <laughs> listen to while, while you're doing homework or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If I actually do move for grad school, I'll have a good like 20 hour drive so I can listen to all mm, of them. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> You'll have your, your lineup ready. <laughs> exactly. I'll be 
a financial planner. <laughs> yep you'll be yep you'll be part of the nerd status with us <laughs> yeah well thank you so much for coming on it's been such a joy to talk to you today yeah. and I feel like I've learned so much and hopefully my listeners learned a lot too because you know this is something SLPs are always thinking about but it's oftentimes something that no one knows about because none of us are financial planners mm-hmm. so yeah well I'm, I, hopefully this was helpful and you know where to find us if you need some more specific help or if you just want to read some of our stuff and get familiar. But um, yeah, don't let student loans scare you. There's always a plan. There's always a way to tackle them. And there's always a way to pivot as life changes. So um, you'll get through it. (laughs) Awesome. That's a great way to end it. Don't let them scare you. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Don't. There's no need to. (laughs) Uh, Thank you so much for having me. Thank you too. Thanks again for tuning into this week's episode of the Sunshine Speechy Podcast. Talk soon.